0: Hello and welcome to Frontline Stories of Change. I'm a social worker, a founder of a social enterprise, care stands, and now a podcast host. I'm excited to speak to some amazing people and organisations who share our mission to bring about social change and make a real difference to the lives of children and families. You will hear their stories and advice and I hope join in the conversation as we learn together along the way. So today is super exciting because our guest is Mary Jackson, Frontline's new Chief Executive. Mary describes her path to the leadership position she is in today as not an obvious one. As a teen growing up in Wellington, New Zealand, she studied photography. However, she has always been driven by her strong sense of social justice, which has been influenced by her mum who is a teacher and sister who is a social worker. Mary is an experienced leader and passionate about creating social change for children and families. She strongly believes that in the world as it is today, social work has never been more important or more necessary. Listen on to hear more about Mary's journey, her vision for Frontline and how we can work together as a sector to lead lasting change in social work for children and families. If you're enjoying our Stories of Change series so far, please do leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and all other major platforms. Thank you. Thank you. mary how are you doing today hi beth i'm really well thank you yes good it's lovely and sunny i can't believe it was snowing though
1: Uh, well it is a bit insane for this time of the year absolutely but uh but spring is definitely on the way isn't it not too far off fingers crossed the first barbecue of the year is going to be dreamy Exactly. Exactly. and and there were hundreds of people at this rate yes
0: Yes. (laughs) well thank you so much for coming on to the podcast to speak to us today um we thought we'd start off with an opening question because as our listeners will know, we love opening questions. Yeah. Um what's the best advice that anyone has ever given you? That is a good opening
1: open question. Uh I would I would have to say it is uh you don't know what you don't know. Uh which actually uh, is is kind of I guess a bit of the principle of systemic practice as well. But for me it just means that uh there's a need to be curious and open and thoughtful about um about things, just just at the moment you think that you might be clear and know the answer, there might be some other information that comes up that makes you second guess that. I love that. I
0: think I'll take that on board. <laughs> so it'd be great to start off to hear a bit more about yourself and the journey today to that's got you to where you are mm-hmm. now.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not
0: a, not a, a
1: a sort of straight straight line. There's been a, a few zigzags, uh, but essentially, as you can probably tell from my accent, I am originally from New Zealand, uh, and I definitely haven't haven't had a kind of career career path that you would expect um, of a of what is your formal idea of a chief exec. Um, I studied photography, uh, and I uh, at, at school I sort of got into all sorts of um, different. I wasn't particularly academic, as I guess what I'd say, um, and definitely had my fair share of. Um, of, uh, of challenges uh, but um, but in, in amongst it all uh, leadership was a bit of a, a bit of a thread, which i um, I sort of almost fell into, but re- also really naturally enjoyed and l- likewise with with my career i 've always um, you know started off uh, i left home when I was seventeen and then started off working in a uh, a gourmet burger bar uh, oddly enough, uh, and that, that the the owner of that was very very into autonomy, so pretty much left me in charge very early on um, and uh, that's sort of been a thread across all of the jobs, a range of jobs I've done, which are very diverse. Uh, but essentially, that sense of um, you you let someone get on with it uh, to do a good job, and they're generally, if if they've you know, most people come with the right intention, uh, they will they'll do their very best to do a good job. So that's a principle that sort of still holds holds firm.
0: And you mentioned in your recent blog. Um that you've always knew that you wanted to do something good Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering what has led you to work in social work sector in particular? Yeah
1: Yeah, that's that's uh, I've been thinking quite a lot about that lately so I think uh, essentially um, I my career meant that I was uh, sort of an, uh, an expert in recruitment I'd been recruiting for charities for several years and Um, And then I I liked recruitment. I liked connecting people to the jobs that they wanted. That felt really, really um, good. What I didn't like was the really kind of salesy, um, much more kind of cutthroat nature of some of that industry, uh, or certainly where I was in it. So I um, saw a job uh, um, at Hackney uh, advertising for someone to help them recruit social workers. Uh, And I just thought it was my my home borough at that point, um, Hackney in London, and I just thought uh, that was something that would really, you know, really fit my skills and also um, back to that point around wanting to, Make some difference in a positive way. So I um, started with Hackney and and the rest are, the rest of my social work kind of her, her career is history. And I had a couple of really formative experiences when I was younger. I um, my sister is um, a, a social worker. She worked in mental health social work. Um, and the other the other um, experience I'm thinking about was at school. I had a um, uh, had a very when I was young, thirteen um, or thirteen or fourteen, I had a a very good friend who was from a, a very unstable home. Um, I, I believe, with um, hindsight, there was probably, um, you know, th- things going on that would have been very, you know, difficult for her. Um, and she, I was sort of one of her main supporters. And uh, she was very clear. She she um, she was in a bit of trouble. Uh, she ended up um, being. Um, being expelled from school um, and you know the usual story for people who might be in uh, experiencing trauma um, or, or having in very difficult circumstances the sort of why in the authorities or states not sort of hearing hearing where she was coming from in a way that was responsive to her so um, I interestingly heard from her five years ago uh, and she's now a drugs counsellor and she wrote and said that our friendship had been really important to her and I, I think again the sort of understanding the role that individuals in this case social workers but in that case me as a as a 13 year old can play by being that important person in someone's life when they're at the you know height of a crisis is is really powerful
0: and and I think that's the lovely story because I think the impact you can play as an individual can be huge for anyone and I think when just thinking when I was a young person there's one PE teacher and he'll never know this probably today but that really stands out to me as someone who was like who guided me to the you know and was so supportive and I think he had such a massive um impact on my life um but he he might never know that and that's a lovely thing
1: I think that's right and I think we talk
0: a lot I don't worry about
1: how, you, how social workers feel satisfaction in the work they've done and how it's really hard because that satisfaction is probably quite small things like a text. But I every social worker I've ever met talks about bumping into someone on the street who they worked with years ago and the pride and sense of accomplishment when that person says thanks for the role you played. And it's, you know, it, it, given, given what, a, what a sort of a testing profession it is, that those moments are, are magical in a
0: way, aren't they? Amazing and what do you feel like motivates you like what do you feel really motivates you to want to lead change?
1: Social work in particular I think has probably brought that out more than others because I think I can see a gap in a way that I can contribute to that gap uh, and, and that was what I found sort of pretty early on in, in Hackney the sense of that my skills uh were, were could be helpful in in the system but more to the point that the system itself uh the system is not set up in a way that always enables great social work to happen that does you know some local authorities are really great and have lots of lots of the right ideas it just feels like the messages from social workers are consistently that there is more we could do uh, in in terms of enabling them to focus on children and families to not spend the majority of their times at their desks to give them a sort of frameworks and structures and skills that enable them to know how to to bring about change with children and families so i think those two things mean that i feel yeah, I feel um, it feels purposeful to me, but it also feels a place that I can I can make a real difference, which is back to your first question. What I what I sort of really enjoy about it,
0: definitely. And and again, in your your blog, it was it really resonated with me as a social worker when um, you talked about the system and how yeah. sometimes it isn't so like it isn't made up to um, do the best job we can in supporting families. No. Um, I think that's a really important point and i do feel like from working in my most recent local authority there is definitely a movement towards trying to get to that change and i guess it's just a collective effort isn't it to try and move that change along so congratulations on your new new role that's super exciting thank you very much (laughs) it certainly is yes so what are you most excited about the job Mm,
1: there's, there's quite a lot uh i think the um from me personally, uh, the shift in my role—I was, I was sort of the chief programs officer before becoming CEO. So, I had a really good understanding of the programmatic kind of elements of, of what we do, uh, and obviously a large team, a large amazing team. So, I will, um, you know, understand how that part of the organisation works really well. So, I guess there's a similar—I've got some learning to do on the other parts, uh, certainly. Uh, but I think that the the ability to work differently with both the senior team, but also the wider team, is is what I'm most excited about on a kind of internal and, um, and organisational level. On a, on a bigger scale, I think the um, there's a couple of new projects, um, one of which um, we haven't really talked about publicly yet, so you're the you're the first to hear it, Beth, but as a, a new programme for uh, heads of service, uh, very much leadership programme uh, for heads of service that we're in the process of developing now and hoping to launch uh, around October, November this year. Uh, we've had a lot of appetite from local authorities for this, and really it's all born out of the fact that whenever we talk about First line, we uh, we get asked by heads of service when there's going to be something for them, but also an understanding that there's not a lot in the system already. Um, for and again, that knowing that those people say to play sort of such a key role in enabling team managers and then social workers to do to do good work with families. So um, that's very exciting, and I'm looking forward to that.
0: That sounds amazing. Oh, that's super exciting. And I feel like there's, there's sort of strands of leadership and programs and initiatives coming from Frontline, like all over the place. So you've got it on like a social work level through the fellowship. You've got it on first exactly. line, and, there, and now this new exciting program. So that's super yeah. exciting. That's good. It's yeah. back to that point around really the,
1: trying to bring leadership in at all levels of the system. So, yeah, hopefully that's exactly what we'll be doing.
0: Yeah, it yeah, sounds amazing. And we've spoken about leadership quite a lot. And it's something you feel really passionate about. It'd be great to hear a bit more from you about what leadership means to you and what you think makes a good leader.
1: Sure. So, so I think I touched a little bit on in, one, in my very early life, that sort of my first um, first foray into kind of management myself, really. And I think that so so autonomy is really key. I think leaders to need to trust their teams and their their, their kind of workers to know what's best. Um, I think that you know that that takes a lot of confidence as a leader, or at least a lot of confidence that you don't. Um, know everything uh, and that's again back to that kind of you don't know what you don't know so I think leaders and this is exactly what we teach on the first line program as well need to um, be able to to enable their teams rather than, um, than manage and, and you know it's a balance I think in terms of management obviously being all over the data and understanding the kind of details of, of, of um, managing a team from a kind of more lo- governance and logistics perspective is really important but I think in um, in social work particularly that, that for many years has been privileged over leadership so thus our kind of role to try and um, at least to feed in a little bit of the leadership uh, that's specific to social work so I uh, yeah autonomy is a, is a really cool part enabling enabling others I think holding your professional authority whilst also not knowing so having your team's backs when they need when they need it but also enable, you know coaching mo- motivating and mentoring them to, to do the best they can do uh, we've got a set of leadership capabilities at frontline which I was really key in um, in, in designing and drafting so I, I guess I would say that those are pretty core to leadership and just about any. Any system, the one that differs, I think, in social work and is the one on which all the others hang is uh, resilience and self-reflexivity. And that's really all about understanding the people around you, uh, self-reflexivity very much about um, kind of knowing where you come from, where others come from, and then actually doing something with that and changing the way you act in a response. So those would be the, yeah, those are the leadership kind of areas I'd probably hang my hat.
0: Yeah, amazing. And and as you spoke about that, it kind of resonated me with... um, the way we are with families and young people and the leadership that we show in the sense of empowering them so you mentioned you know enabling and and empowering them to be able to lead systemic change uh, sorry um empowering them to be able to lead sustained change um absolutely and and it can work on all levels i think i think that's exactly right right. yeah
1: Yeah. absolutely
0: And in your recent blog for Frontline, um, you share that you have a strong sense of social justice and come across as someone who doesn't quite conform or, and toe the line. <laughs> Would this be fair to say? And has this shaped the type of leader you are today or the type of leader you'd like to be?
1: Yeah, it is it is fair to say. Um, I Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, probably toe, toe the line. But yes, I'm definitely um, not, again, as I sort of touched on earlier, not your kind of, con- I haven't had a conventional path to leadership. Uh, and I think I've, I, I, it's interesting because I've had a, a lot of people um, the people who've most informed who are, who I am as a leader are absolutely uh, just as you've described um, a little bit fearless but really in uh, on the uh, with the kind of premise that you need to do the right thing um, uh, rather than kind of worry too much about what the results of that might bring, which I think again is a principle very hard, sort of dear to social workers' hearts uh, so I think that's um, that's sort of where I come from in terms of people who've in- informed that i mean I, I guess it's hard to know, it's a bit chicken and egg, it's hard to know whether I've been drawn to the people who are that, of that ilk because I myself have that tendency or whether that tendency has been developed by the people I've I've most kind of respected. But essentially, um, we are again talking about, uh, as I say, that sort of ability to to do what's right, um, to, to even if you don't know the answers, um, rather try something than sit and, uh, and do nothing. Um, again, that autonomy piece, really trusting people, being able to have very... Um, you know heated debates and lots of discussions I I, I love a uh, I love a discuss as, as do my senior team love a discussion around um where something lands and for me having those uh discussions of, and differences of opinion are exactly what get you to to the best results uh, and being open to that sort of diversity of both thought but also kind of background and experience and and, and the like so um yeah I I am I, I'm I think I started off less less orthodox and now I think I probably concur with a lot of what modern leadership, uh, you know, the, the kind of thinking around modern leadership, which is, is to enable and coach rather than to, uh, you know, that sort of hierarchical um, command and control traditional leadership.
0: And, and you're right, I think good intentions from social workers as well and, you know, anyone who works within this um, sort of, sector i think everyone has good intentions and and it's about right. sort of being innovative and creative and trying out different things and you always learn so many different things by just trying different things <laughs> Exactly. And,
1: yeah, completely agree, and I think that the, the you're, you know the way that you, I mean, you've practiced sort of coming through through frontline and in the unit, and also in Hackney, Lots of authorities around the country do the same thing as creating the space for those discussions to happen in by by setting up you know the structure, setting being set up in a way that enables that and really encourages that. And I think that's the you know, back to the kind of system being being good for, for good social workers is, is it's difficult when, you know, you've got that really traditional structure of a team manager and a worker and, and the team manager's got sort of ten to, to fifteen social workers, therefore that many, you know, number of families. that so it's very difficult for that team manager to have a really good understanding of a family. And that that understanding all comes through one one social worker. So that social worker can feel quite um, like they're holding quite a lot. It can feel quite lonely and, and the kind of thread of understanding is is is, it can be thin. I mean again it works brilliantly in lots of places but I don't think it's set up to enable great practice it's more despite you know because practitioners and managers put in so much great effort and are so good at their jobs that it it works well so I think that yeah back to that point around the sort of the system enabling um, and and I think we've you know very understandably we are where we are I think this is a moment where we might have an opportunity to, to think about how we do it differently.
0: It's exciting. I mean, like, yeah, the thought of like systemic changes is, is is exciting, and I think it's, it's it'll be sort of a slow movement, and it would never be that yeah. like we get to an end result because there'll always be something else that needs to change. Yeah, that's absolutely
1: right. I think, and I think, but I think at, at kind of moments across the history of social work, there are there are there are moments, and there are levers, and I and I do think um, we don't have at the moment is a really clear. Uh, crystal clear definition that of, of what great social work both look, looks like and therefore what, what enables and what it brings about if it's done well. I think we've got lots of views on that and lots of great ideas and lots of diff, different approaches. Um, so that's another role, you know, that frontline, we've got a lot of understanding, we're, we're incredibly well positioned as an organisation uh, with working over half the authorities in the country to kind of get a sense of the themes and uh, in that are at play for social workers but also for, so for systems so us kind of sharing as much of that intelligence as we can back with the system to help inform that change is, is huge yeah i can see lots of uh, potential and you're right it's exciting
0: definitely thank you so is there any leader that really inspires you oh there's there's um,
1: there's heaps actually but i guess right now in this moment um by far, the one who jumps to mind is Jacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister of New Zealand. That's not just because I'm a Kiwi; uh, it's also um, she's just got this um, this way of it's a balance between uh, humanity and and kind of awareness um, of people uh, and care with decisiveness and uh, and uh, a really clear head in what have been, as we all know, some of the most challenging circumstances which have happened within her tenure. So I um, she's. She's a constant inspiration, actually, and I, um, I think navigating that balance between the individual and the kind of um, uh, holding the line with the big picture is, is, a, is an art, and I, think, I don't think I've seen many people in history do it as well as she does.
0: And you know we've spoken a lot about leadership and and how it's so important to bring about change and how it's so central to frontline's approach. Um, is there anything else that you feel like you'd like to sort of say about the way frontline use leadership? And because we've also got the innovation lab, haven't we? Um, which is ex- super exciting. Absolutely right. And I think that you know frontline's role in that is is twofold.
1: Um, and there's again, which is sort of more what brought me to frontline specifically is twofold. It's the the sort of the the system itself, um, which I you know I'm. Uh, a, a huge kind of advocate for strong and um, and purposeful leadership in, in social work. I think that across my my experience with over sort of 40 local authorities around the country, that that is um, pretty much what makes or breaks. And I mean, leadership, not just from your hierarchical senior leaders, I mean, leadership from your practitioners as well. Um, leadership with families, with bringing about change in a much more kind of um, small C way. So I think that um, the, the idea really of, of having a, uh, You know, our role in the system of kind of enabling leaders at all levels of the system uh, to bring about change is really key. I also think, you know, the other part we play is by developing social workers' skills as well, um, both in leadership, but also obviously in practice. Um, and ensuring that they've got a clear uh, sort of methodology to work to, which again, based on sort of latest Ofsted and DFE results, is the suggestion that um, without a clear practice framework for social workers to kind of pin their tools and techniques on it, it can be hard to to do great work with families. So that's again what, what I'm, I sort of see frontline's role in the, in this whole sort of change process. You're absolutely right. The the innovation lab is super exciting as well. It's a um, so for those who, who of your listeners who don't know, it is a uh, a kind of a, a a platform, I guess, really for fellows who are everyone who's completed frontlines program. So from those who've done frontline program, Firstline program, and um, our CSW program, uh, those um, fellows have access to an offer really, which enables them to uh, both kind of drive an innovation they might have or, or develop an idea further, um, depending on where they are at the stage of their innovation. We've got one. We've got had, had sort of three um, lab panels at the moment, which is basically when the ideas come to a kind of a, a panel of people who make some decisions around funding and around support and what we can do as an organisation. So we've had three of those, which have been super interesting and really great. I've sat on all of them, which has been really good. Uh, and um, one in particular that really um, kind of jumped out was was um, an idea brought by Tuba Malik, which is um, who is one of our um, Uh, fellows who's done the frontline program and she had had sort of a lot of experience across her course on the on the program and beyond of this idea that um again back to that we touched on it earlier but that idea that people spend too much time at their desks and that the kind of organizational elements of the of, of social work can get in the way of of your time with families and so she's unbelievably designed this app or it's not yet developed, but she's designed this, this approach, which she's been testing out on an Excel spreadsheet for the last six months, uh, which she designed herself. Um, she's amazing. Uh, and basically what this app does is tells sort of diarizes, um, uh, sort of process flows within within different strands of social work. So uh, it's child protection, um, you go and see a family on a child protection visit, you come out, you click a button that says uh, diarize next meeting, and it automatically populates your calendar. It's also got a fantastic well being function in this app where she uh, you, you touch on the, um, the the app and it tells sort of to check in each day and then it kind of tracks your mood and, and might um, suggest sort of prioritise suggest, suggest themes to you. So Tuba herself said that the, by doing this it, it showed her when it was time for her to take some leave uh, basically where she was getting tired. So um, just a small example of the amazing work coming to the lab but um, the idea again is, as you say of the leadership with a with small L that idea of, of enabling people in, in whatever part of the system they sit to uh, to think about ways that things we can make things better and easier for social workers to do good work with families.
0: That sounds incredible and something yeah. I've never heard of before. So no, exactly. <laughs> And that's the whole
1: point of it. <laughs> exactly and it really i mean it's it's a combination of both a brilliant idea and someone who's got the kind of energy and drive and, and vision to take it to you know to, to bring it to fruition so um yeah that's a super exciting uh, area of work as well
0: amazing and that's that's empowering again talking about empowering and um you know enabling and empowering social workers frontline practitioners to really lead on that change think of something that they really believe in and are passionate in and and you know that's arisen from their practice can just be super important and lead in leading yeah exactly. Change.
1: exactly and she's got sort of I think she said between 25 and 30 social workers signed up to test it out so again she's got people behind her which back to your point around collaboration it's just so so essential that we um you know we're all in it together isn't
0: it definitely oh that's incredible I'm excited to see that <laughs> exactly. So social work is never an easy job, no, that's quite right. <laughs> um, but the pandemic has brought even more pressures and especially for the most vulnerable and marginalized in society. Yeah, yeah. What do you think this has shown us about social workers' ability to adapt and change during the pandemic?
1: I mean, yeah, I, I I think you're absolutely right. The and not and not just the impact on on fam, children and families being felt now. This will, we'll, I'm sure, marginalised children and families will feel the impact of of the pandemic for months, years to come. So I guess again, our role is making sure that people are equipped to deal with that is really really key. Um, and and I, I guess the. The, the way we've seen social workers respond is is really just testament to um, social workers ability to change and adapt generally uh, and I guess that's you know that's changes at the very heart of social work full stop so um, so uh, you know I think we've talked we, we've heard I've heard per, you know firsthand from a lot of social workers around you know wh- how to use online uh, you know Zoom calls and the like differently, how to kind of get the benefit and best out of those. Um, there's no doubt um, I hear social workers uh, concerned about not being able to visit families in person. So that's definitely a theme, but I think what you can absolutely say is that social workers have done their all to get around that and and, and do the best in the meantime. I think the other the other thing I would say is that um, alongside change, social workers at the very heart of their job is being able to, to um, be responsive and um thoughtful and supportive in a crisis and that you know that's what that's there in families lives social workers it's particularly in child protection are involved in families lives when they're at their you know their lowest point and they're most in need of of help and so uh, in a way you know this is a crisis that we're feeling on a global scale so social workers you know it's in terms of different professions the skills that they use on a day-to-day basis are are really well placed in this. And I've just seen, that's what I've seen. I've seen people rally. I've seen this kind of digging in that has happened. I've seen a, a commitment to children and families and that's, you know, that is social work at its heart, isn't it? And, and I think the, the, um, the selflessness at times of social workers um, can be you know can be to their detriment back to the kind of well-being discussion and lots of talk about resilience but it, during the pandemic that kind of commitment and that ability to push on uh, has just been uh, amazing to see.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely super resilient and, and, and the families we work with are just super resilient as well and I think Agreed. You know, I've noticed that like just the the fact of like single carers maybe or like nanas who are looking after their children like yeah, yeah, yeah. not being able to have that respite during school days I mean it must be, it must yeah, be exactly
1: bad. exactly it's um it's insane isn't
0: it yeah and what and what changes do you think are likely to be needed as as we continue to move out of lockdown mm-hmm.
1: You know, wow gosh uh, yeah i i wish i had a crystal ball i think i think that um back to what we've touched on that that need to be adapt you know adaptable to kind of change and respond depending on what what happens next i'm really hopeful here we are at, you know at the, the coming into the you know, middle of april i'm really hopeful that we are starting to turn a corner and that we're we're going to see some some um some you know the continued kind of lightening up of of um restrictions. Um, I think for social workers, I think the, the need to think about what has worked and how and why. I had a, um, a conversation with a social worker a couple of weeks back who was saying, which I thought was a really brilliant observation, that actually some of the online sessions he'd been having with a young person were really were really great because actually uh, this young guy was more used to op- talking uh, on, in that setting and actually they were having conversations that was getting, getting you know developing the relationship in a way he hadn't done when he'd been in person so i guess i think that um i'd like to think uh, that we um are, are able as a as a system to kind of capture what's working well um and and then obviously get back to what what's not working well get back to the in-person elements the other other area i heard a social could talk about it was in terms of a child protection conference where um, they reflected that essentially for the parents, it was way less intimidating being on the screen than it was sitting in a room with six professionals who, you know, wanted to talk to you about uh, about your parenting of your child. So I, I, yeah, I, th- I would hope that as a, as a, as a system, we're we well placed to kind of take the learning where we can. Um, and what I'm hearing is that local authorities, you know, are very, very open to that as well. Um, we, we keep, you know, a lot, a lot of contact with local authorities who are doing hugely variable things across the country. But their idea of of kind of capturing what's worked well is, a, is definitely a shared appetite for that.
0: So what sort of change would you like to see in social work? And how do you want Frontline to be a part of this? Mm. I think we've touched on a little bit this already, haven't
1: we? I I guess I, I think we are all the system. There's not not no kind of otherness or, or they. Um, we've helped create it. We're the ones who can help change it. Um, and that means you know yes, frontline, but also uh, social workers, um, team managers, every everyone who works as uh, you know in social work has a role to play in, in changing the system. Um, and then um, I guess the the second part of of, uh, of what I would see about um, the opportunity to change is is. Uh, Social workers, social workers themselves and the skills they you know they are equipped with to do the job well um, the the kind of uh, the support they get to do that um, we know that it's a uh, you know people leave the profession a lot it's got you know high high uh, attrition rates um, we you know we at frontline track pretty clearly and we think our, our um, retention rates are pretty much on par with the rest of the system though it's hard to be completely sure of that because there's not a lot of data about retention in the whole system but essentially trying to keep people in their jobs um, and and make sure that they've got both the kind of tools um, and and skills and also again back to the 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 culture enables them to do good work and i think i'm i just want to i guess the word resilience is another one that keeps constantly coming up and i mentioned it's an app of our leadership capabilities for me the danger of resilience is the sense that it puts all of the onus on the individual and that's not at all what what my view of resilience is my view is um, you know, it's again individual and 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 culture and system. So you need to kind of create a. Uh, 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 the, the culture has as much responsibility of creating and enabling resilient practitioners as 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 the individuals in it do.
0: Definitely, and. When you sort of spoke about um, retention, I might be going on a bit of a tangent here, but I think it's important to notice because y- you talk about retention and social work, and I wonder what the impact of the pandemic might be. Because I think we that we might see quite a lot of post-pandemic um, career changes. Do you feel like that could be a yeah. potential?
1: It's that- a really,
0: it's a great question, and again, we, we we
1: don't know. Early indications from what we're seeing is is no. Um, I, in in terms of no, I don't think we'll have a mass exodus from the profession for a, for a couple of reasons. Um, one is that, um, I think you know we talked about it already, but that kind of keenness to bring about change and do and 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 have a positive impact on the world is is absolutely central to every social recovery met. So. The need, you know, that kind of call to arms and call to action is it could not be more more, you know, stronger right now. And I guess that's the, you know, I I know I, that's when I see social workers, you know, we've talked about it already, step up. Now that's not to suggest that an expectation people should, but I know, you know, whenever. Uh, social workers being kind of obviously you know making generalizations here, but essentially that kind of that need to rally is really what what does make people respond so I think that's one that's one thing secondly i think um there's uh, there's a uh, well people will be tired and definitely worn down so there may may well, there may be a bit of of pe- you know people leaving once the pandemic comes out but again, I think if you come into the profession then you've got that conviction to want to bring about change it's also a you know a, um a, a really sort of st- stable you know there's a it's a working in local authority more generally is a is a stable kind of role and and i and i think people that appeals to people who if, if they can kind of in an ongoing long-term way bring about bring about that change
0: and i think on the flip side you know we've had a lovely community spirit from the, the pandemic and i think you know and if anything we might have more social workers coming into the profession because they want to make yeah. that change and they've seen the impact that such a you know, though the global pandemic can have it and that community spirit that's really brought up, you know, people coming out in the streets, clapping. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, it's lush.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been brilliant. And I and I think that side of it's obviously been brilliant. Um but I think the the again, the, you know, local authorities and, and those who, who um create, you know, the cultures that make for sort of good social work happen. I think again th- those um that, that listening to sort of that side of things as well, that, you know, understanding what 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 might change to the to the positive and sort of galvanising that that spirit and that kind of energy, um, so that yeah again responsibilities on both sides.
0: Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Mary. There's so much like we've spoken about today that really resonates with me, and I'm so excited about like the future. I think I think we've got we're going to see good things in social work. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree, Beth. It feels like there's
1: lots of opportunities, and thank you so much for for having me on.
0: Thank you. Thank you.